Yo, a uh, shout out to our supporters on Patreon. Uh, don't forget, you guys who support us on Patreon, that ooh, we got an ex- we got a special show on Wednesday for you. In fact, it'll go out to everyone, but. It's the show where it'll be on Wednesday. We're going to do it live on YouTube. It will involve Jared's dog, Mr. Skip. Mr. Skip will be uh, randomly selecting one of our Patreon supporters to receive the mystery outdoor item of clothing that's been donated to us by Coolbox, who are an outdoor uh, clothing retailer. It's worth six yard quid. It's going to, we're going to give it away to one of you guys, and it will be completely random. We're going to film Skip doing it, the method that will be used. It'll be an interesting one. And then we will get it off in the post to whoever's a lucky winner. So if, you, uh, if you're not one of our Patreon supporters, you should get online. you just got to be a supporter. Patreon.com forward slash hour without the hyphen. Uh, the link's on our website anyway, but have a look if you want to be involved. And uh, good luck to um, to you all. I hope uh, whoever wins it uh, loves it. You will do. 60 odd quid. Even if you don't love it, sell it. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean that kickbox. Um, what else have we got going on? A reminder about Levers Link, a free organization, free networking event. So I run by an organization called Levers Link, which you can find at leverslink.co.uk. They run free networking events for service levers, but they also get local businesses and um, business people and professionals and ex-servicemen or women who are in um, employment who can give advice to people getting out. Their events at the minute run in Colchester and Norwich. They've got one in Colchester on the 17th of July, starting at 6.30 at Colchester Officers Club, and then on the 24th of July in Norwich at the Maid's Head Hotel, if I remember correctly. Go to leverslink.co.uk for the details on those events, or just search them online, um, uh, social media, LinkedIn, all the rest of it. It's all in there. Really, really fantastic events. I got them as much as I can, and a friend of mine uh, is the founder of that organisation. It's superb. Um, another shout out to Chris Ashford who we had on one of the other shows uh, he is part of team Atlantic Albatross he's doing a 3,000 mile row if you haven't listened to that show a 3,000 mile row across the Atlantic is trying with him and a civvy lady they are trying to smash the current record for a mixed pair of 60 days it takes, they, do, they row for non-stop for what's that two and a half three months absolutely mental they've got no anchor right if 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 there's a storm and they can't row they both have to get inside this little one-man cabin and they just drift until the storm finishes they have to carry on rowing three thousand miles look for atlantic albatross online follow them and if you fancy donating to them donate to them if not just give them just donate in kind likes shares comments just let them know they're good, doing a good job they did a they did an overnight row as a practice down in southampton the other day and uh, they found it hard work good luck doing two and a half months you're going to need it and hopefully jared and i will be there to start like to see them off with another special show our sponsors today i'm really happy these guys i'm always happy we've got sponsors but these guys in particular argus europe is a name argus europe they specialize in providing customized security solutions and bespoke training courses to both corporate clients and the general public Argus Europe can trace their roots back to 1985, millennia ago. I was only four when they formed. Becoming incorporated, though, in 1992, when a small team of highly trained former special forces, military professionals, with extensive UK international operational experience, came together under the Argus banner. In the early years, Argus was, was predominantly an operational company, supplying close protection for high net worth business people, their families and significant people within business, as well as supplying residential security teams to the same clientele. At the same time, Argus also had multiple surveillance teams working a large portfolio of clients. 
Argus here have been providing specialist training for high net worth clients and their families since the early 1990s, and more formally for those leaving the armed forces via the LCAR system since 2007. Training has been designed utilising special forces protocols. The training is diverse and can be tailored to specific needs. Close protection, surveillance, private investigation, situational awareness, practical security and defensive driving are part of the Argus training portfolio. Argus here pride themselves on the post-course support and offer to the students. I know this because I'm a former student of Argus, Is funny enough. Argus believe that every student who attends the course should have a platform to engage with the course provider and other students once that course is over. Many course providers say this, but very few actually live up to their promise, and even fewer do it consistently for over 10 years. The Argus post-course support platform provides help, advice and guidance. It is an area to ask questions and receive answers from fellow professionals without fear of being shot down by a keyboard warrior. Another aim of the post-course support is that of employment opportunities. Although Argus make no promise to anyone prior to coming on the course that there, is, there are some su- superb opportunities available via the group, often on a daily basis. I'm still part of the group and I see them. Some are generated by Argus, others are by former students and Argus group members, and that is possibly the most satisfying part of it all. Like I said, I train with Argus and I've personally experienced the employment side. I've worked many tasks either for Argus or former or for former Argus students sorry, with their own companies or looking for additional operators on their team. Argus Europe run close protection surveillance and private investigation courses 10 times a year. The people that conduct this training are still operational in the areas that they instruct, so they are all over the skills and drills. Argus Europe are based in County Durham. You can find them at their website, argusurope.co.uk, or on Facebook and LinkedIn. They are super active on social media, so if you do drop them a line, they'll respond pretty damn quick. Argus Europe, check them out. Awesome company, awesome trading provider, and I'm really happy that uh, they've got involved with the podcast. Uh, our guest today, Lee McFarland. Um, I didn't realise. I mean, I, I saw this guy um, online. He got referred to me, and they said you need to get Lee McFarland on. He's doing great, great, great things. You're a super inspirational guy. I thought, okay, I'll get him on. And I watched a little uh, little video of his company online. I thought, oh, yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. Anyway, he turned up outside the studio, got out of his car, and I thought, flipping heck, I know you. I knew if it, we can't work out when it was, but I know him. And um, I don't know much about him. I didn't. I do now. The guy got out of the military as a private, and he's doing superb things now. It was a really interesting podcast. Really interested. We really enjoyed talking to him, and was, I feel there's a lot of information in this. It's really, really useful for service leavers and even people still in thinking about getting out. Jared and I found it a fantastic one. I think Lee enjoyed it, although they got a bit hot at one point, so we had to open the windows, the sound engineer's phone went off, and what else happened? Oh, I don't know, I can't remember. Listen in, enjoy it. Lee McFarland. I put it down live anyway, what's all that about? Just a new thing. Mate, you look. That went live anyway. Are we on with you? We're live there. Lee McFarland. <laughs> How you doing, boys? Good I didn't realise I knew you. Normally, at the start, we will um, we'll have a couple of beers. Well, it's not, it's been, it's been changed recently, isn't it? We yeah, it's recently. gone on to coffee. Yeah, because. 
Sometimes you have to drive from here. <laughs> <laughs> so you go into Coffee Key, you know, it'd be last week's studio. Right, I'll pull my coffee. Um, I know we cheers, I'm going to just do my coffee and crack on. It's not, it's not the conventional start of the show. You're at Warwick Castle today? Yeah, so we made the mission. Well, I've not been there. I lived on the road from there. I've not been in there before. It's not so expensive. Yeah, very expensive. Yeah. 32 quid. What, which, for you and your missus? Each. 32 quid? Yep. What'd that you includes get? a dungeon as well, so you get to go yeah. and get scared. That's, that is flipping expensive. Yeah. Would you, so, you, dungeon in there? Yeah. I've seen you can go camping there. Yeah, yeah. Lamp, well. glamping. Glamping. Yeah. Is it lamping or glamping? Glamping. Glamping. With, yeah. a bit, with a big old medieval tent. Yeah, so they put it night and day, so you can go and live like a night for the night. Do they give you all the costumes or that? I expect they do. Oh, did you keep the costume when you went? <laughs> did you see the jobs? Did you get to see the jobs? No, we didn't. We, we, we arrived quite late, so I was um, I was in London today, so I drove up quite late, so we only got about three hours in there. So. Was it, is it jousting in the castle? They've got jousting on. They have, uh, they have birds of prey as well. Don't they do jou- jousting by Saxon Mill as well? There's, like, there's another place. Saxon Mill? I think, yeah. Up the road from there, there's another place. Up the road from Saxon Mill, which is <laughs> a nice pub in the river. Yeah, Guy's Cliff. Is it called Guy's Cliff? Yeah. And it's like an old medieval place. You can go in there and you can be a jousting guy on a horse. Yeah, they've got archery. Yeah. You can go and do archery down there. They've got the falcons. Hey, it's it's really nice in there. Lost one the other day. Falcon went missing. <laughs> a sea eagle, huge thing, absolutely massive. Imagine that picking yeah. your kid up on the they way found out. It, found it too. <laughs> do you two know each other? No, no I, I was just met. saying, he, Nelson Blokes, I do. Uh, Big Damer, Colin, East Away. Oh, oh right, one yeah, power yeah. lot. Yeah. I didn't realise, mate. I didn't because I saw you. Um, I saw. I even watched a video. Y two X, right? Yeah. So I even watched a video. I thought that's a pretty cool video. I didn't recognise you then, but you got the card just now. I thought, flipping heck. <laughs> See how ugly mug in here. Joking. Yeah. Joking. <laughs> so you, you X one par. Yep. Uh, apologies for not remembering. I must be D D's or something. No, I was never. I never got that far. No. <laughs> no. I don't know, mate. See so you, Tom. Yep, Tom. I know. So when did you get out? Uh, Two thousand five. And then. And what, what year did you establish Y2, Y2X? That was last Sep- year, right? September last year, yeah. September last year. What were you doing before that? Um, so what did you when you got out then? What did you do when you got so out? So I, I got out because of doing... Um, if you keep banging around in front of the microphone, it's going to be a nightmare. Oh, sorry, apologies. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I got out in 2005, and the, and the reason for getting out was to go and do private security in Iraq. You know, it was hot off the press. Going it was some money. sweet point then, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. 2005, 2007 were the best years for financially. Um, and for, for, for the blokes um, obviously we I said out in Iraq to 2009 mm. um, come back to the UK we trained in IT um, spent about a year and a half doing IT and what, like, what did you do in IT? What was um, just basic IT sport so literally sitting on a sport desk oh yeah, yeah answering yeah. calls hi Lee how can I help you? so uh, you have like a basic level of a very of basic um, and then decided to, to go back out and do some more private security um, and so I went out to Afghan mm-hmm. done that for a year and then when I come back I'd done project management so I decided to move away from the technical side of IT to more of a management and, and project management IT so I was doing that for about five years um, and I moved out to the Philippines so, oh, did you? yeah I moved out there I lived out there for two and a half years so I come back in January 2017 um, who was out there you've from, only just come back then yeah, yeah. who was out there from uh, Edinburgh the jock, um, the jock guy. Uh, name escapes oh, me. The, sig, the guy, the sigs guy. Oh, uh, the sixty. There's a sixty. Yeah. 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 Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of the ex lads. 
regiment lads and ex-parmage lads that are literally right there um, yeah so I was like yeah, I come back in January last year and because I've already qualified up and you know, I've got all my qualifications project management qualifications I started looking for consultant work um, and there was a lot of organisations and companies that I won't mention a name um, that basically offer these great fantastic careers in project management but they have some caveats on that like you need to go and do these courses and those courses cost they say £20,000 um, and then you look at the yeah. fine print and what they actually do is they tie you into a two year contract put you on about three grand's worth of courses <laughs> and then tie you in on a really bad shit salary so they put you on the courses the idea is that two years you're paying that money back yeah but yeah. you're not and, and again what they've done is they've inflated the price of the courses um, so you, you then you believe that you owe them £20,000 or £10,000 whatever the figure may be um over a two year period you don't actually pay any money back what they say is you need to be in contract for two years so if you if you leave contract before two years you have to pay them the sum that they say yeah. was the cost of the course do they disclose to you what the salary is of the contract before on? They, they do um, and again when you're starting out in a new career it's like oh I'll get yeah. it I'll get it but when you know how much they're charging you out at and then you can see what they're paying you. Mm. They don't tally up mm. at all. And so that was where the whole concept of Y2X come from. Actually creating a business, because that's what we are. We're not a charity. We're not a social enterprise. We are a business. We are there to earn money. Um, but we do it under the, the business model of 51% business, 49% veteran. So what does that mean? It means that we are profit. We are profit-orientated because being profit-orientated allows us to grow the business, which then allows us to help more veterans. But it also means we can pay our guys and girls um, a good salary for what they're worth. So if we charge out, let's say we charge one of our consultants out £350 a day and we're paying them £30 a year, we know that, okay, our cost over a year is going to be, say, 37 and we recoup, say, 55 What we do is we uplift our employees' salary so they'll get a bonus every three months mm-hmm. so basically if they're outsourced or we've got them on client site they're actually earning more money so everyone wins we as a business win because obviously we're earning generating profit the employee gets extra money as well as a good salary and we put them through all their courses with no contract to say you need to pay us back for mm. those courses or there's no contract to say that they have to stay with us for a specific time so we're actually trying to do it in a social in a social responsible way you know, in the sense of actually not taking the piss out of the guys and the girls, you know, and actually giving back to the veterans that we're actually giving for the country, you know, as well as generating profit. When you say project management, so you you have, you you <coughs> supply project managers, right? You, we do. We, it's more than just project management. So we, we've got a, a few core competencies, which are project management, business analysts. We do a lot of compliance. So... Mm-hmm. Um, Veterans are very good at understanding process and following process. So you start looking at compliance. All compliance is, is a following of processes. Mm-hmm. So we have some core competences. Currently, what we're trying to do is build out on that, actually, and create a, a product offering to our customers, to so our clients. Um, I'm doing a lot more around cybersecurity, so what we call a security operations centre, so actually yep. building out our own SOC um, and also creating a name to be confirmed but an academy of such so we can actually have um, reoccurring courses and, and training for, for our employees and potential employees but also service leavers so to help guys and girls that are getting out the, 
the mob and the military um, and actually give them a step in the right direction. Are you, are you talking Six Sigma, Prince Two, that kind of stuff or not? Yeah, so so again, there, there's all these qualifications out there. So Six Sigma, Prince Two, PMP, APMP, there's lots out there. Now, you can sit there and have as many qualifications as you want because I can sit there and teach you in a very short period of time how to basically do a brain dump. Dump all the information into your head and you go away and set a course. Now, as us as an organisation, I don't want to be putting anyone into one of my clients that has just had a brain dump and they've literally sat there going, okay. We actually want them to understand what they're delivering. So that takes time. And one of the key elements is soft skills. Being able to sit in front of a client, mm. have a discussion without going off on a tangent or you know, blowing up. <laughs> so there's a lot of there's lots of different elements. It's not just understanding the, the, the project process or how to deliver a project. It's all those elements elements that come with that. And that's what we try and do. We try and give a, a rounded course outline, per se, to ensure that we're actually sending to our clients with the knowledge and the um the understanding that they can deliver against the client's requirements so it helps us and it helps the clients but it also helps the individual now what we found is the people that, have, that work for us now are all, of, all veterans um, they actually they don't want to leave Y2X because we've got such a great they don't want to what sorry leave Y2X because yeah. even though we're training them up and they've got all of these now qualifications and you know they, they've delivered some great projects they're like well we like what Y2X is about we like the way that we work you know we are veteran first so what does that mean it means we employ veterans first but there is some taskings that we get from our clients or requirements from our clients that we can't fulfill with veterans so we do have to look at other options um, Ethan, <laughs> um I had a fleeting thought the other day where I, I must be wrong. It must be to do with the Armed Forces Covenant and all that sort of thing. Is that... Is it... I hope it's not. It can't be, because you'd be legalised. Is there a special... Is there a special dispensation for companies to be able to say, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to favour employing veterans? Because, in, in the same line, it's like discrimination of others. But is there... Is there it must be dispensation. Loads of companies do it now. Yeah, no, I think... I think, um, I think the thing that I'm seeing, you know, is that, that companies have actually realised their social responsibility. So we call it CSR, corporate mm-hmm. social responsibility. Their CSR to employing veterans. And whether they're the end... So let's take someone like ASDA. ASDA, ASDA signed up to the Armed Forces Covenant. They say that they're, they're, they're employing veterans, etc., etc. Um, you then have people that go, well, actually, I'm going to shop at ASDA because they have employed veterans because there is that kind of sure. personal opinion, you know, as a veteran myself and, mm-hmm. you know, the hundreds of thousands of veterans in the UK. Now, the difference between someone doing that and someone um, solely going, we employ veterans only, um, from, from our perspective, there is no legality because we where it becomes that's a HR so from a HR yeah. perspective, we say veteran first. Um, so we will give precedence to a veteran over a non-veteran um, and that's kind of our USP it's our unique selling point to our customers that we are veteran yeah. first um, as, as as I said there is some tasks that we can't employ a veteran so we have to so fulfill the client's requirements we do have to go to the wider market and and look at other people that maybe not be veterans or spouses of veterans or so there isn't you're not just specifically 
targeting veterans, but as an organisation, we are um, because we're not just looking at them as employees, but we're looking to help as many veterans as we can. So, a part of there's two elements to to Y2X. So there's the commercial side where we earn money, we are we have employees, we sell them to our customers and our clients, and then there's the other element where we actually help veterans or service leavers um, as they're leaving the service. So, what we do is we get a lot of people message in that say. Hey, I'm getting out of the army in six months. I don't know what I want to do. So they'll speak to either one of our our veterans or employees um, and find out what they've done. Is that something that they're suited to? Because what we find is a lot of people have this great idea. When when I get out of the military, I'm going to be a project manager. Then they find out what a project manager does and they're like, actually, I don't really like that. Or they go and spend all their um, enhanced earning credits or resettlement money on a course and then they go, actually, I don't like that. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. so that's where we we try and help um we don't force anyone to any career path we don't force them to sign up with us what what we do do is try and get them placements while they're still serving because the military get the mod as a whole is getting very good at allowing service people to have some time off to go and do work placements mm-hmm. so we try and place them with our customers um so they can experience what it's actually like to work in a corporate environment yeah. So we're finding great results from that. So that's, how, um, how did the blokes like find out about your company? Like, you, I mean, while you're talking, I'm gonna move this camera right back a bit. Are it's, you allowed to like, you know, advertising like the mess and stuff like that? Or yeah, you know, so, 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 so again, because it's all self-funded. So I've I've yeah. this myself. I don't have a huge marketing budget, and and uh, a lot of what we've done is by word of mouth. Um, and we do there's there's, there's uh, things like the CTP you, you've probably seen the CTP I don't know when you left the military the career transition partnership yeah. we can yeah, use yeah. them because obviously we do do the veteran element and we've signed up to the Armed Forces Covenant we do advertise on them per se um, but a lot of what we do is by word of mouth and recommendations what, what so. did you ask sorry I missed it how, how do they like advertise how do the blokes find out about oh uh, right yeah, yeah. I, I suppose with a, with a business like yourself I mean <clears throat> with um, we, we mentioned a couple, I think we might have showed before where uh, there's a, a much more yeah. much yeah. sweat sweat I, I, I know <laughs> fucking roll with it Jesus. Baz in his no socks on look <laughs> 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 so I don't know if you've not got any shoes on um, what, was it, what was I saying then um, ah but because of like Afghan and oh well no not just Afghan Iraq and I like this century has been quite hard and fast operations. Yeah. The public support is sort of more than what it was previously, especially you know more so now to the tail end of Afghanistan. And now that that's finished, it's still sort of there. So I think with businesses that do say that they are or do favour veterans in some way, shape, or form, or or even just say, you know, that we employ veterans as well, not necessarily that they favour them. It's just it's small, you know, that that sort of markets itself in a way to a certain extent. It, it does, but it's becoming. It, it, but I also I feel that it's also being such saturated because what you're finding is you're, you're finding, for me personally, is you see people sign up to the armed forces coming around and and actually what do they do then to to promote that? You know, I, I see a lot of organisations, um, some big organisations that, that that actually speak a lot about it, but um, it's a marketing tool, isn't it? 
and it is it's, 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 it's that and it goes back to the CSI the corporate social responsibility yeah. um, it's a lot different between us as blokes that, that, you know ex, ex-military guys that, that have done it and you know um, but when you start looking at it from a corporate level it's a very good marketing tool to say yeah we're employing veterans we're doing the right thing uh, but how many of them it'd be great to see the official figures um, from these organisations to see actually what are they doing to help veterans what is their support network it's all well and good saying we employ veterans but what are you actually doing to to enhance their career or are you just employing them and putting them in you know a dead end job mm. or is it you know you're actually showing that these guys because even guys that have done 22 years you know guys that joined up at 18 they're only 40 years old they're still young enough mm. to have a second career mm-hmm. um, whether if they want it or not you know you, you also find a lot of guys that get out and they just want to do three days a week which is totally fair but uh, it, it's really important that we as a society do you know uh, that we actually show that it isn't the end of the road leaving the army it's not that, that you leave the military and that's it do you know you're going to just get either working in a lack Afghan or you're going to be sat in Tesco's or whatever you actually show them, look there is actually a, a career path and, and I'm a perfect example of that now I've only done five years but you know after doing a lack Afghan I've only been in IT project management six seven years you know, and I've gone from strength to strength, uh, and that's my driving determination from what I learned when I was in in the reg. You know, you learn perseverance. You know, um, and and now I want to pay it back, and that's really key to me as well. Is that people say to me, "Why are you doing this?" I've done really well out of project management. You know, I, I've earned some money. I've been mm-hmm. all over the world with it, um, and this is kind of my legacy now to help as many veterans as I can um, into the, into their next career. Um, mm-hmm. Even if they don't work for us, we'll we'll try and place them or put them in contact with people that can help them on their career path. Well, the, the, with, with, sorry, to cut you off. The the, 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 the <coughs> project project management. I was thinking just now for for guys getting out or girls, you know, um, getting out with the project management qualifications. And you were saying that you know somebody look at it and they, oh god, I'm fancy doing that the rest of my career. But it's one of those qualifications. It's applicable in anything you do, whether you become a project manager or not, because it can be. You can go and you can go with your company and learn about it and and get whatever qualifications you get and get a little experience and go stuff that I don't want to do consultancy or this that or the other. But then they go to another company and they could end up as a a labourer in construction. They could end up <coughs> in, any, you know, in an office doing anything. But with that project management, um, that project, those project management skills, that is huge these days yeah. because of the legislation not legislation you were talking about corporate social responsibility you were talking about um, the quality side of it oh, what did you mention yeah the quality side of things not quality you didn't say quality something that made me think quality management auditing and all the rest of it compliance compliance sorry the compliance side of things the companies one of the biggest things for companies to move towards is the ISO is ISO you know um, compliance Thing eighteen thousand and one health and safety, quality management, environmental management, you know all of those, and uh, and in, and when you see, you must have seen them. When you see the checklists that you, that a company has to go through if they want to get their sort of health and safety compliance, because let's say a company's bidding on, let's say you're a, a relatively newly formed company, right? You're a construction company, and you're around for three or four years, so you're just sort of out of the new company era of three years and you get in there you're getting big enough and you get the chance to be in the big contract for whatever reason you've got a mate at work standing and you know, do advice and go on when you're looking to build 30 houses or whatever but all of a sudden you need to get a health and safety qualification a health and safety accreditation with with ISO International Standards Organisation yeah. yeah. 
when you get that, there's a, there's a book. You have to buy the book, right? It's like 100, 200, 300 quid for this book to be able to know what you have to do to get the ISO accreditation. <laughs> it's about this thick. It's like two inches thick, right? And it's thick with bullet points, uh, checklists, 1.11. Do, you, um, do you have a documentation of this? I know you're recording this and you have a process for this. There's hundreds and hundreds of pages of that, right? You can't just stick Joe Bloggs on there, or he's like the office manager, you know, from your, from your yeah. construction company as an example and go square that way. It's huge. It's a project. It's a massive project. Yeah. And all of a sudden they need something to do it. And you're the, you're like a labourer or, you know, a yard manager or whatever who got this project management qualification or just experienced from two years, six months ago. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, Jesus, when you do this. Ah, Joe, Joe's got Joe's got project management call. All of a sudden, you're off that. You're on a pay rise. You'd be on a pay rise, and you're you're, you're down in the nitty gritty in the industry <coughs> you went into because you enjoyed that, doing something slightly outside of the box because you've got that experience qualifications. Yeah. But even though you didn't want to go into that side of project management because it's part of the company that you're invested in anyway, you know you, you're part of it. You look want to succeed. It's your job. Then it's almost you know it's enjoyable and it's short term, but but. Um, the point is, like I said, it, it can apply to anything. It's it is an amazing, and I only realised that I only realised that last two or three years from, um, funny enough, from the CSI side of things, a couple of social responsibility in a big company I was working for in um, Hemel Hemel Hempstead, and then where I was about a year and a half ago, where they had a big project come on, and it's just it's, how do we sort it out? How do we sort it out? Well, this is what you need to do because I know what you need to do because I've seen it all. It's like a, it's like a blanket. It can be like a blanket solution yeah. to any anything. We need to build a house, project management. That's what's going to solve it. You need to do this, 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 and this. It doesn't tell you specifics. It tells you how, what, how you do to get to each stage. Yeah. And then out of that falls all the detail. Well, we're going to need something to manage this. Well, that needs to be um, a foreman. We get the foreman, he puts all the detail in. You can't do it without someone else. A whole process to get from A to B, track it all, set your, set your milestones, set your achievables, set your targets, and then monitor it all and go, right, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. And if you want to achieve this project that you need, ISO accreditation by November 2019 that's when you need it by well first off by Wednesday you need to have this done the end of, end of January you need to have this done and that's that's what project management is it's, I, enjoy, I, do, I enjoy it for the reason you I've done it a few times now for the reason you are saying is that it's processes it's processes and you're just documenting it really you just all you're doing is writing down it's like it's as detailed as a, as a flipping anti-armor ambush you know them <laughs> with all the details that's what it is mate to do this, we need this, this, and this, and then we're going to do this, this, and this. This is the same and that's thing. That's exactly it. That's exactly thing. it. And, and you know, coming, I mean, any service to you know whether it be army, navy, IF, is that you follow process. You know, you know, you need to be up at six o'clock in the morning. You know that you've got to go and do, you know, your area cleaning. And, and as much as it sounds, well, that's the area cleaning, but you know that your process is that. You know, and you know that the CSM is going to be calling, you know, doing the roll call on a Monday morning. Then you know you. That's all process driven because, and that's exactly what a project is. A project is just a process driven with a, a set of outcomes, you know, and it's the outcomes that you are achieving for. Now, from A to B, you know, you need to go and do five different waypoints. That's, that's, your, project, yeah. that's your project management right there. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it, is, it, it's, it is that simple, um, but there is a lot more risk and, you know, being risk adverse, risk management around projects nowadays. Um, but ex military. Across the board, know how to risk, risk mitigate. Really, mitigate risk. Uh, really, what, what you, the hardest part about it, I found. I, I did, I did when I was still in. I went to the old uh, 
The Army Education Centre. Remember that? Yeah. You the Army yeah. Education. Uh, we had, yeah. <laughs> no, in 16 Brigade, we had um, like a central building. You had the auditorium in there and you're going to do training. You had CTP in there. And had the Army... What was the Army Education... It's called the Army Education Centre. Yeah. It was like 20 PCs <laughs> with a bunch of courses on. But I went and did Prince 2 Foundation for free. For free. Yeah. And well, without the exam, I had to pay 50 quid for the exam. I wanted to go on the lash that weekend, so I didn't pay it. But I did the foundation on the less, right? I did. I sat three mock, three mock exams, passed them all. And then you had to do, you had to pass the three to get on the actual exam. I didn't bother paying for it. But when I did that, that I found it super, super hard. And all it was was the vocabulary. Yeah. The vocabulary. Project manager, project coordinator, CSR, corporate social responsibility. You said it about ten times now, and I said it. You have got no idea what it is, yeah. have you? Like, and people listening won't. Cook. You, you'll know more on this than I will, but my understanding from my experience before, corporate social responsibility is basically, uh, it's where, is it legislation? A, right. a company or corporation or organisation, right, who is a profit, who is profitable or not, they should, they should realise that they got a responsibility, I'm going to take the social out of it, responsibility to be, to, to be, to do good things and be aware of the community and the people and the people around them, be that where their office is based or the areas they affect. So, um, so they should they should contribute in some way. So when I was at the company a few years back, when I first experienced it with, it came on board then. It didn't used to be called CSR, did it? No, it was. It was. It was what was just, it called before? I think it was uh, it, it, again. I mean, it, the acronym CSR is, is is kind of it's a new buzzword should we say yeah. everyone talks about it. you look at people like LinkedIn Microsoft we've had this CSR policy you know and they make they make big advertisements about it um, and it, it's a great selling point because people look at that product that they're offering and saying well actually they're doing something for the community so I will go and buy that product mm. you know and that's why um, the, that's why companies do it but they also as, as you rightly said here there is companies that that because they are so big, they have huge budgets, and a great way of spending some of their budget is going to do CSR. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them get around it. The easier they get around it, we're helping the local community. They'll donate, like to the lo- to a local school. They'll donate money, or whatever. Some of them will get. They'll, they'll go and send teams out, and they'll do like a um, not fundraising, but do put on a little show or something for kids. It just go to the local community centre and just put on a, a flipping tea and coffee day. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just so. Or others will do it by. Well, we're gonna we've got in. They'll say, well, in this area where our HQ is, then there's a real problem with um, with unemployment from sort of 30, 36 year olds from this area. So we're gonna try and we're gonna get to them, give them briefs now to get work and blah 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 blah. And, and you know, that, that basically helping flipping, being good, being good. Yeah, no, and I think there's you know one comes to mind for me is, is Salesforce. Um, they've got this great. Thing called Vetforce. Salesforce. Yeah, Salesforce is a is a product that um, a lot of organisations, big big companies, uh, big enterprises use to basically manage their sales. So you can imagine someone like CDW or these big organisations that do a lot of sales and hundreds and hundreds of salespeople out there doing sales every day. They need somewhere to manage those sales mm. and the accounts for those sales. So there's a product called Salesforce, but it also does lots of other cool marketing elements of it. So it's a it's a multi billion dollar. Um, a US company, but they're global. So they've got an office in, in London, but they've basically got something called Vetforce, where because it's such a big platform and there's so many companies using it, there's developers, there's project managers that solely deal with Salesforce. Um, so they've now created this um, 
training program called Rep Force. So if you've served, serving your spouse, your wife served, or you know, they actually go and put you on all these courses for free. They give you all the exams for free. They try and get you jobs for free. Now that to me is CSL a great level for veterans, and and it costs them millions every year. They do it for the US and the UK. How much it generates from? I think it, I get, I, 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 well, it's good if it does. No, 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 no it should I be. Think, pop- I, I, what it, it, it works both ways because they're able to then go. Let's say they've got a resourcing. Resourcing is always an issue, and that's why companies like Y2X are about is because companies don't have the resource. But by doing this, they actually increase their resource pool. Mm. So they're actually targeting people that have the skills, will have the skill sets, but also have the grit, determination, you know, and you know that that element of being able to always deliver against a, a timeline because as military people and veterans we we like to deliver on time mm-hmm. we're not like wow well, oh, it's five o'clock i need to go home mm-hmm. you know we, we always go above and beyond mm-hmm. because it's it's in our personalities mm-hmm. um so that's the element that salesforce got out of it they, they actually increase their resource pool um what they they don't ask you to work for them what they say is that there's companies out here that that solely deal with salesforce deployments etc um, maybe want to go and speak to them but they're just trying to increase your career chances uh do you know and, and your education and your, your knowledge uh, but they also get the 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 resource pool for them so i, I really like vetforce's um, approach of it and unlike a lot of american companies where they do a lot for the vets in america but nothing for the vets in the uk salesforce have actually gone mm. nah we're opening this up to the uk as well which is really great to see because there's yeah. a lot of other companies yeah. that yeah. don't do, do, can we open that door you so I'm right, mate. You're, 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 you're short. Sure 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 are you racing here? Yeah, yeah. Mate, your shoes are going to funny. Oh, no, they're meant to be that colour. Mate, your shoes are meant to be that colour. The Salesforce sell you them because they're good sellers no, as well. They give me a pair of socks, they give me a great pair of socks, mate. We went to a dinner. Speaking of socks, I've noticed you've got a pair of Ali socks on again. White ones. I haven't. Just white yeah, tennis socks. Ones I haven't got. I haven't. Yeah, you have. I haven't. they got white ones on. Oh. It comfortable. Yeah. You know what it is? I went. I, I went to bought. I went to buy sports socks, the old pop socks, for, yeah. for a bit of running. And I bought. And I bought these, and they weren't. They, look. They brought the pikey. I thought, oh, I'm not giving those away. I'm always in white socks. Brilliant. Um, That's better. There's nice breeze coming through now. I'm just piling in there. We get some more coffee. I've just had a bath as well. Tell me about man. Midweek bath. His dad will go mad. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> the water's <laughs> water shortage on you now. <coughs> um, tell me about Afghan, mate. So, I'll as in, see, Afghan, I'm not yeah. asking. Yeah. No. <laughs> Private security. Um, go on, go on, go on right back. Uh, so you got out, went to Iraq, and see me in two oh five. What year did you go to Afghan? Uh, oh, two thousand and eleven. What was yeah. it like? What was that? What was it? I was going to say, I was going to ask you what Afghans like compared to Iraq, but there was such a big difference there, there was a huge between difference. the time scales. Yeah, and, and, but I also think, um, depending on where you were in Afghan, so I'd done six months up in Kabul, which, you know, look, incidents happen, but Kabul compared to somewhere like real Irish in, in Baghdad, mm. yeah. massive difference. You bring a capital of Iraq, a capital of uh, Afghan. But, but then real Irish in 2011 was Bakshi. Yeah. Bakshi. Wasn't it? But I'm talking. Yeah. I know, yeah. I, but, yeah. but I'm talking. Even back in, you know, from, from what I 
again not being there but from what I've spoke to obviously the other operators out there they said that you know Kabul's always been quite mm. you know quite timid in the sense of attacks etc you look at the longevity of, of you know 2004 to 2010 or 2009 all right it was still quite tasty you know you were getting smashed at least once a month you know if you mm. I, I done the convoys when I was in Iraq I was I done PSD low profile high profile and done the convoys um when you're doing convoys from some say Al Qaeda down to you know Umkasa, well, Al Qaeda when we left was unworkable. Al Qaeda was on the Syrian border, yeah, where, um, where west of almost almost directly west of Baghdad, wasn't it? Yeah, like, that was a no go. We, we um, when, when I was up there with um, Gold Shield with Kazi and that, yeah, and uh, they were look there was a, there was an oil company that was I don't know if you know this there was an oil there was an oil company in there. No, there's a, there's a massive gas field there in Al Qaim, a huge gas field just inside of it, and they've been trying mm. to put the infrastructure in to get gas for years, for years, right? And this is what year am I talking now? Must have been. I was 2007 up in eight. Yeah, I'm thinking 20, 2012, 2013. I can't remember the name of the company. An oil company came on and said, "Yeah, right, we want to go in there and plug it." And this is when ISIS had kicked off. Yeah. And Al Qaim was one of the staging grounds. Like Al Qaim was flipping bandit country. Yeah. You know, like um, I don't know where else is it. So we used to have um, not Basra, not Basra. Um, oh, on the east, uh, Alamar. No, on the Iranian border. Sounds like Basra, not Basra. Where we where, where we were in two thousand five. No, no, no. On PST, uh, Basra, not. Oh, I can't remember. And it was a place in the East, which we, which from the Ura- Iran into Iraq during just after the 2003 war, that was bandit country where they smuggling all the weapons. Yeah. That's what Al Qaim became, right? And this oil company put there was a, there was a few engineers on this gas field, right? And they were a mix of um, Iraqis and I think it was one or two not Iraqis. I'm not going to say Westerners. I think they were like Oriental. Can you say Oriental? Asian, 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 Asian. Right? yeah. So Asian, so like Ch- <laughs> oh, Chi- yeah. Chi- yeah, Chinese. Who are you? It's not racist. Chi- <laughs> Chi- Chi- I think they were Chinese, right? And um, the every time they put someone in, they would have to if they didn't pay the locals and lo- the local, not mayor, local, the flipping elder, right? They would get done. They just like the place would get locked off. They wouldn't be able to get in. Then if they didn't pay ISIS, or the, like the ISIS fighters who were holding up in Al Qaeda, because they were launching from Al Qaeda in Syria from there to go and, and smash, smash stuff up in there. If they didn't pay them, and this was happening almost in every few months. They would just destroy the whole gas field, all yeah. infrastructure, just raise it, just to, to the ground, to the ground. And this company came in and said, "Yeah, we want to put people in there." Jesus it's, you, well, it's not going to be wagons you need helicopters <laughs> before you get the helicopters in you get people on the ground that's going to be wagons it was, it, was mad, it was madness it was going to be millions and millions and millions and millions just to get like a compound yeah. in there with some PSD and then it was epic because there's only, there was only one road in there one road. there was one road out of Baghdad west it went past um, Al-Assad F- yeah Fallujah past there and then all the way to Syria to al came. One way in, one way out, mate. Really you, you got there, you were never getting out. You yeah. were never getting out. And needless to say, the gas field still hasn't been tapped. <laughs> <laughs> it was flipping crazy. Who, who did you work for over in Afghan when you went over there? So I was with Global, and then I went over to EI down in um, Kandahar. So oh, did you? Yeah, KRDC. So yeah, doing the fuel convoys for KRDC, which is only 2k down the road into Kandahar. 
Some way, don't know. Okay, we there at Morgs in Paddy and. No, who do we have? So it was so there was a lot. Of, so what happened was that EI won the contract off a a local firm or New Zealand firm slash local firm um, in 2011, 12. Um, yeah, so it was a whole new team, but a lot of the guys jumped shit from the old PSD company to to the mm-hmm. new one. Um, so who do we have? Yeah, I don't, Paul. There was no Scott 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 Evans, extra path. Scott Evans. Oh, I know. Scott yeah, Evans. Good, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was down there. He was one of the TLs. Who else was down there? Um, yeah, because it was only me and him that were ex-Power Edge that were down there. But a, a lot of the guys had jumped over. There was um, it was just a mingle of guys down there. Weird in the, the way that um, it's not it's not weird. You go from project to project, company, even something company to company. How much? How big? It, it's like unitized, but it, well, it's not. It's for bringing, bringing your mates in. Yes, yeah. it's like when I was working with Taz, flipping guards. Guards everywhere, mostly Welsh guards. Yeah. Guards everywhere, but the two of the top dogs were guards. And then, but then when I went to EI, so I, when I, I left in 2011, September, stepped straight onto a contract with EI. Man, you know, talk about transitioning out the army's nightmare. <laughs> it wasn't a transition. <laughs> I said something like a project, 120 people, 70 percent with power edge. Probably you look at ages back and you look at ages. It was just it was like the. All the, the, their, their yeah, teams yeah. were all power edge teams, you know, and, and EI, Blue Ackle, Crawler, what used to be called back in 2005, which is no guy in the world. Mm. It was all power edge at the Marine Heavy, it was, you know, and it was all I'll be with my career, I'll be with my, yeah. and all of a sudden you, you, you got the, the blood clot. Are you Blackwater, or what they are, what they call now is Resurfs in Africa, it was Blackwater, then it was Z, and then it was Academia, yeah. wasn't it? Academia, that's it. Academia, and then it's gone to something else, they've resurfaced in Africa, <sighs> apparently. What's his name, that guy owns them? Prince, isn't it? It's something Prince. Uh, Eric Prince? Eric Prince. Eric Prince, yeah. Flipping heck. Yeah, he, he makes more money from training, his training ranges, so he's got multiple training facilities in the US. And that's where he earns all his money, getting all the Middle Eastern armies out there, and they go and train on these training rangers. Oh, really? Yeah, huge. But they fly into America. Yeah. Instead of yeah, so I had a couple of a couple of um, ex ex Hereford boys. They go out there and literally run some like oh pistol rangers and stuff, and, and huge money. What a bluff! Yeah. What a bluff! How long did you do in Afghan on, on the circuit? Um, so fourteen, fifteen months. So I, I went. I was at Global for six, and I was probably uh, about eighteen months because I was down at Canada for, for twelve months. It was okay, but mate, the money, look, the money back in 2005, 2006, 2007 was great. You know, you couldn't knock it tax free. I owe more now as a consultant, so I'm not talking about what the company owns, but what I own as an individual when I go and, because I still consult, I still have to, to bring the bread on the table for, for, for myself and the company. So I go out and, and I own two times, three times as much as that, you know, yeah. what the guys were in say. I've heard of guys of £152 a day. Yeah. I, Bring, where's this now? Afghan? Iraq. Oh, and less? No. Yes, mate. Less. Why, why would you? You're looking at 100, $120 a day in some contracts. Dollars, yeah. USD. What, What's what, that? Why? I just don't understand why you'd be away well, from you got, that. Listen to the thing. Well, a lot of people what? think it's a stepping it's a stepping stone, isn't it? They're getting a foot in the door. They're going to do that. They'll do a project that's not earning a lot. But once they're out there, there's a chance you can. But it's, that's changed as well. Whereas a lot of when contracts finished, you'd you could hop ship onto another company but it didn't work like that now you have to go visas, back to England yeah you've got to do all the visa go, stuff do all your, yeah your visas get stamped with a company name on so you can't just go to any company you've got to go back and do the uh, the interviews and stuff you've got to go back through the, the you know chain of command it's <laughs> changed a lot isn't it Pete, when you get out there people um, 
people are often, and you know this when I say it, and, and, you, and you as well, people are often, oh God, it's a rut you get into, and you think mistakenly that the more experience you get out there, in the back of your mind you think that is, oh man, it's going to help me when I get back, go into security, I want to get back. And all, and the, all the other thing is that, it, you 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 know, my, the money might go up, or I'll mount you, I'm getting money. If, either one, one, that second one is are you waiting to get a, a better contract? That's a fucking gamble. That yeah. is a gamble you don't want to be taking, right? The other one, the first one, is where you let me get back. It doesn't, unless it does not, unless you end up in the like an, in management for a, a significant period of time where you can go back and say I was an operations manager four years or as a transport manager for a few years I mean but for years to be doing that for years you must have been out there for ten years six, seven, eight years training manager that kind of for that experience I'd say that is the only thing really of value right from a qualification to training side of point of view is being in a management role for a significant period of time you can go back in your CV and it's not just yeah I did private security in Iraq or Afghan or wherever it's I worked in Iraq Doing this, and it's a it's a progression, and I did, and I finished off doing two years as a training manager. Brilliant! You've got your managing experience. You've got experience. To, you know, it doesn't necessarily equate to what you're doing in uh, back in the UK, but it will equate more than being a security board. And it's a much better. Um, you've got a much better option of transitioning to a decent job back in the UK. But if you haven't got that. And you haven't got any management experience, and very few people do. Look how big the projects are. They're massive. Team leader doesn't team leader does not count for shit. It doesn't. It doesn't. I, they do listen, team leaders do an amazing job, not taking it away. I'm just saying you come back to the UK, it doesn't mean anything. You need like management experience or not. And because the majority of people out there, they don't get that opportunity to have that management experience, right? Then they just they come back to the UK and they're almost in the same position as they were when they fl- when they left the military or the day before they started in that private security in terms of the chances of getting a job. Yeah. Just it's got a bit a more money in the bank. That's a bit it. more money, and they're older, and they're older, and they've got less, so that they're less time of that career. They feel more pressure. They've got to get a decent job, and all of a sudden they're applying for flipping craziness, going into jobs that they hate. They don't want, you know, they don't want to do. Yeah. Um, and it comes back to that. I mean, how do you combat that? How do you combat that if you're out there on the circuit now and you like listening or watching, which may be the case? How do you combat it? Well, you've got a. You have, with that spare time you have, be it when you're off task and you're back in your, your flipping room in Iraq, in Afghan, in Africa, wherever you are, you need to try and dedicate that time to some sort of CPD, continue professional development. Right, that's one option. Yeah, and the other option is when you come, as I did when I came back. I didn't do that when I was out there, but when I came, when I was coming back on rotations back for three and a half, I did. I did mostly eight and four. So when you get back, you do eight weeks away and like three and a half weeks off. Well. Four days of that's taken up by flipping travel, yeah. right? So then you got what, eighteen, seventeen, no, twenty, twenty-one days off, right? I would try and do a job for anyone when I was back at any one time, just build up that UK experience and, and network. You, at some stage, you've got to sacrifice some of your own personal time to get what you need. Because if you don't, and you're going off and just gym queen at the whole time, but nothing, gym queen's fine, <laughs> but you're doing nothing else to sort of help yourself at the end, going back to the UK, you are. Stuffed, stuffed. See it all the time. Yeah. See it all the time. I mean, what, what else would you recommend? With it? I, I think um, for, for me, and I see it a lot, and I've seen it with my brother. My brother's ex power edge, you know. And again, he, he spent nearly ten years out in Iraq, you know. And he yeah. got into management position, etc. And it was ta- <coughs> it was taking that step. And I think that's the, the hardest bit for anyone is actually taking that step and going. You know what? You know, my brother ten years got a house, paid for the house, etc. So done okay out of it. But you know, he now he's back in the UK and he's taking a, a pay cut because he's starting again. Um, 
and, and I think the pay cut you have to accept. I think I don't uh, think you do. If, I think I, I think you know, it, depending on what your drive is and what you want to do. I know blokes, you know, that are able to go out and from day one go and if you go and consult for yourself, you can go work for four fifty a day. Now, don't get me wrong, you get hit by a tax man. But you still can. You can still earn good wages. It does. When you when you're and it's not it's for people, people listen. When you're saying go out and consult, right? Yep. Um, explain what in, with what. So let's say I've let's say, I just know you're right. I I've just come back from the pit. Yep. And I and I want to. I think okay. What I'm going to do? Well, Lee McFarlane said I can go. I can go to consult. It's a serious money. What what's he talking about? Okay, so so you have two options when you when you when you do this. So you have one, you go and work for a company. Now, working for a company, you get your benefits, you get your tax paid, um, and you you can do pretty much the same job, but it's permanent. So you're guaranteed work for the next how many years you stay there, do you know? And, and as long as they're obviously operating, or you could go on what we call contracted consultant. And what does that mean? It means that you generally get a six month contract, very much like an OAC, so it's very much what you're used to. You can go and work for a company doing the same job, but because it's only for six months, they increase the day rate. So instead of being 150, 200, they actually increase that and put it to, say, 4, 450. Um, but you've also got the ability to walk away when you want. There's, you don't get any benefits, so healthcare, gyms, and all those other niceties that you get from a permanent role, you don't get that from contractor. Now, if you just come back from the pit, you're not really going to care about having a gym membership or, you know, healthcare, because that's what you're used to anyway gym membership they might care about yeah, gym <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. some of them some of them but but yeah so, so there's the ability to do that now now there is a cost that you still have to pay taxes but the, the one thing that I would say about consulting or contracting is that you can pretty much get yourself a good account 120 quid a month and you can expense everything your fuel your travel your clothes your you know dinners you, know, you can actually recoup a lot of your expenses Expenses, your, your monthly expenses that people say will actually use use a, for example a, a room in your your home as an office. So actually claim some of your electricity, like claim your internet back. So those monthly bills that you currently have, you can actually reduce and pay from like the company, so you don't get taxed on that. Mm-hmm. So the money that you, you're actually getting. So th- there's that. Th- what's the difference between the two, and what do I, you know, for, for me? you get the security with a permanent role. You've got that security of knowing that you're going to get the same salary every month for the next foreseeable future, for the, for the foreseeable future. With consulting, you might put into a six-month gig and then I would say probably 70 to 80% of the time it always gets extended. You know, it, they generally look at it as six months and then they extend three months, etc. Um, but you might get to the end of the six months and they don't extend it and then you spend two months without finding any work. So there is a risk to it. But on the, on the, on your other side, of that, yeah, yeah. So you basically get more money because it's it's you haven't got the financial security for years, like you said, it's shorter, um, and you haven't got the benefits. That's the majority of it, and, and quite often as well, it's more money because sometimes they they only need your expertise for that two, three, four, six, twelve, eighteen months no. because they've got, for as an example, they need to flip a nice accreditation, or they've got uh, they they. They've had a security manager who's, who, who's left. They got. They know they've got a four month gap because the next guy coming in or woman coming in. Da, 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 we need a security manager for four months. Bang, you're in. You're getting a high, higher rate. You know, I'm talking about like corporate entities now. But with that, in that consultancy, with your experience doing that in the UK, you 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 are indirectly 
networking. Yeah. So let's say you do six months of a job and it ends and you're out of a job. You've just done six months of a company who know you can do a good job and you, you'll know a bunch of people in there and they'll be able to help point you in another direction. Let's say you do two or three jobs. You've got two or three different organisations and bunches of people who know you. Do You can do a good job. So if you're in out of work, go, anything going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll recommend you on. Yeah. You, you're networking in the place you need to get the job in the UK, in the industry you, 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 you're good at. You know? yeah. But so from the consulting side, it can be any industry, any yes. industry doing anything, can't it? Yeah, I, I, you know, and I think you know, you look at what's happening within you know the economy and, and what people are doing. And I don't, there's a word called the gig economy, which is actually using economy? gig gig yeah. economy, which is using freelancers, using people on a very short period. Because what it does, it reduces the business headcount, it reduces their outlay. They know that they only need to pay X amount of pounds over X amount of period without pension contributions etc so a lot of organisations and it reduces the overhead of admin so HR dealing with any, any HR issues etc um, so a lot of companies are looking to that so you'll see a lot of people that say well we'll be cons- contracting out 10 roles this year uh, saves us bringing in 10 so, so it is you've seen a lot of companies doing it so that ranges from you know your banks all the way through to your hospitals you know, so it is. It's it's a very broad spectrum in multiple roles. Mm-hmm. It's not specifically project management, IT. It, it consulting happens everywhere, and it happens with every single career mm-hmm. path or vertical that, 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 that's out there. Mm-hmm. Afghan finished. I'm I'm joking about you. Cause you got me. The Afghan. The, 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 the PFC's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Afghan finished. Yep. Uh, Afghan. Finished. You left Afghan. Yeah. The PFD side. You came out. You said you went into the IT support. No. So I. So I. Before, when I left Iraq, I got into the IT support. So I had a wedge of money, and I was like, "What am I going to do?" Oh, that's right. You're in between. Yeah. So. So. So what happened? So I, I, could, I quickly touch on that. So. So when I left Iraq, um, I think it was t- end of 2009, um, and, and I was like, "What am I going to do?" So I went and done some Microsoft courses. You know, the CompTIA A plus courses, and so like, I'm going to get into IT. It was difficult. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I joined the army because I didn't have much of an education. You know, I, I didn't have a great education. You know, left school early, etc., etc. Um, but I done my exams, passed my exams, got a job at the NHS in London. Um, so that was a contract. You know, it was first job. You know, it was like hundred pounds a day. You know, and I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> smashing this. Yeah. Um, and then the contract then and then it rightly so you know this this is the issue too so well, what am I going to do now um, so I sat around for a little bit moved to a, a, a another organisation a, a brokerage financial brokerage um, again worked there for a year um, and again contract comes to an end and I was like what am I going to do and two months sat about um, and I was like do you know what let's, 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 let's see what's out there so I spoke to a couple of the boys that were out in Afghan and they are like yeah get out so we went out with Global and that's how I got back into the because there was that lull in my in my contract in you know IT in my IT career so I'd done that but as I was out there and um, especially when I was down with EI I knew that my, my exit plan was I wanted to get back into IT so exactly as you said while I was out there you know, I was an ops manager so I was doing 12 hours on 12 hours off um, and I was literally when I was on and the boys went on the ground, I was literally studying, just now picking up on my project management, ensuring that I had enough knowledge to be able be knowledgeable, but not a professional, you know, because you can't be a professional until you deliver. Um, so yeah, so I, I then left Afghan, um, I went back into, into IT and, and I worked um, solely consulting, 
um, work for, for some big um, IT professional service providers in the UK. So I've done projects in Kenya, Singapore, China, <laughs> America. So I've been all over the world doing, delivering big technical projects. And um, well, I met some, and, and as you said, I met I met some people and, and those people are now my non-executives of Y2X. These are guys oh, really? that, that have been with me throughout my, really my IT career. Um, they've been my mentors um, and they've, they've helped me mould myself into into one, a, a good, what I feel is a good business leader and a, and a, and a um, you know, CEO, but also helped me build out the strategy because, look, I'm not a businessman. Mm. I'm, I'm a guy that understands project management. I understand what the customer needs and I've built on that and I understand what veterans need on the transition. So I've tried to bring those in together and actually create something that, that helps not just the veterans but also our customers, our clients because I think it's, it's really important that we're not just going, veterans are amazing because they are but we also need to be able to show that to, to the end client that they're important as well and that's why we deliver for them. Mm. Um, so yeah so so that's where it really and then um, I got offered a job in I was working down at the NHS in Plymouth um, on a big huge multi-million dollar pound so a multi-million pound project um, when I got a, a call from the Philippines to go and work out there so I was out there for two and a half years met my wife uh, so I got a beautiful small Filipino wife <laughs> um, so yeah so and then we we come back um I come back by myself last year, um, visa issues and stuff. So I come back January last year um, and kind of spent seven months floating between projects. I was, I was consulting, so a couple of projects on the go. Um, and then dealing with with some of the organisation, I just thought, guys, you're doing really wrong by veterans. I feel, you know, that they, not they're not doing wrong. I, I think that's the wrong word. I feel that, that they could be doing more in a more productive way without actually ripping the ass out of it. You know, and I think mm. that's for me is, is the key element. Is look, there is about turning profit. You do need to be able to turn a profit. You do need to to generate revenue, mm. but it, at what detriment? And who is it detriment to? And I think that that's the point. Is detriment to veterans when you when you're paying them a small wage, you're tying them into a two year contract that they don't need to be tied into, um, and you're scaring people. And I think that's giving people the perception that yeah, this this stuff's scary, but I actually like, it's not. I, I like what you were saying earlier about. Um your financial model and that yeah and you know and that the way you break it down and the percentages you are you and you and a lot of the focus is on retention and just turn up the profit and I I completely agree with you. my business partner Luke who, who um you may know him actually Gardy when we formed the company that was one of the key things we said he said is that and it was it initially the company initially started as a security company right and <laughs> off my own experience he was still in it actually off my own experience with it, it's like flipping heck for the, for the money that the companies I'm working for make they pay peanuts and they shouldn't do no they shouldn't do it they should pay more because why not why not reduce your profit by 10% and increase the whatever the relative ratio will be increase your, your pay your guys by 8% be less fucking greedy right because because in doing that, you attract a higher quality of people. And even if you don't do that, the people you've got, they are more inclined to stay, which means the experience level of your workforce goes up because you get more people there for longer. They take they they value your company more, which means they're more invested in which means they have a better engagement with the customer if the customer fits yep. in, or if they're not, they're providing a better service or providing a better product, which means the customer's happy. So it all comes back around. So although, like, directly... 
the company may take a cut on if they do if they enact this retrospectively, which would never happen, which would never happen because the shareholders would not be satisfied. It would only happen if, in the case, like a new CEO took over like yourself was like, "What the hell are you doing?" We're sorting this out, right? But if they, if um, if like the, the direct impact is right, we're spending more. We've got less of like a bottom line. Sorry, not a bottom line. We're spending more on wages now because flipping knob jockey Lee has increased the wages by ten percent. But that's the direct impact. Yeah. Give it six months, not even that. The, the profits will go up. They yeah. will, or maybe longer. But the profits will go up for the reasons I just said. It's like, it, you know, maybe not 10% is an extreme number. Like no, but you look at the cost of actually onboarding someone. Do you know, you, you, you look at the cost versus retention versus onboarding, and you, you look at, and again, it's, it's, it's difficult to obviously for small organisations but you look at big organisations where they're hiring 50, 60 people a month you look at the onboarding costs you know actually advertising those jobs getting the interviews the people, the manager's time for doing the interview so let's say you get 10 applications for one role you've got 50 roles you, know, you start building it out and you start looking at time costs versus being able to retain someone that 10% isn't actually a bad figure is it? and, and that's mm. the point yeah, yeah, and, yeah and it's it's not what that ten percent also does for the business, but the individual, that person is then able to go to the kids. Oh, do you know what? Let's let's go down to Bolt Castle for the weekend. Let's go and do that night and day. Let's go because then all of a sudden their home life gets better because they're not stressing about how am I going to pay to get to work this month? Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's so we say a couple of hundred quid, but a couple of hundred quid actually goes a long way in a household. You know, you look at the and then that's the impact it has. And I think you know, being able to have that impact for for a bit of profit it's worth it all day long Mm -hmm. and transparency the one thing I would say is for for us it's all about the transparency Um, we need to build we are building White Trucks is building a a a organisation where we have transparency that that people actually believe in what we're doing they know what's going on it's not all skullduggery and oh the CEO's driving around in a Ferrari it's the fact is everyone knows this is what it is. They know that they're being charged out to the customer at 400, but they're getting an uplift of 25 quid a day. They're happy. But that's 25 quid. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. going to be a margin yeah. in it. There's going to be a margin in it. But it's got, got to, to be realistic. Otherwise, you haven't got a job. Do you know? And there has to be that. Yeah. yeah. But, it, yeah. but it's, for me, it's, it's really important that, that we start building, and not just by choice, but I think organisations, organisations generally should be more transparent. And, you know, it's, I keep saying it, it's great making a profit and, you're able to grow by doing that, but it shouldn't be detriment to, the, to your employees. No, no, no. Well, did you? Had you set up a business before? No, 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 no. no well, so, so, so that's that's a lie. So, so no, I, so, you can't so, lie, mate. I know. It is so. So, Y2X was actually called Y2X Connect. So, uh, when I first set the company up, I called it Y2X Connect because it was all about connecting. Do you know? And the, so, the reason for the reason why the company's called Y2X is Y2X is actually a mathematical variable so it's um, it basically brings two variables together which is veterans and or service leavers veterans to corporate so that's the, the reason behind Y2X um, so I did set up Y2X Connect and then changed it and the reason for creating the second company Y2X was because when I set the company up I just fluffed it totally messed up and like how many shares I'm having one million shares to myself well actually it only needed to be like ten yeah. and I'm just like one million I just made me feel really important um, it was just stuff like that and then when you started bringing on I started bringing on non-execs and I got a legal t- a lawyer involved it was like 
let's we could have literally changed the name of the company start again and it was just for the amount of time that it had been running I just thought you know just cut the tie yeah. create a new company ah so by the time you changed it you were already profitable yeah. yeah so 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 again we, 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 we've we've done really well do you know and, and, and I'm I'm really really happy we, we're, we're turning over some great figures yeah. um, but we're also hiring more veterans so and that's that's what I want to be able to show. We've got an event on the 26th of July at HMS Belfast. You sent me that. I sent you the email. I saw it. Yeah, yeah so, um, so we'll, we'll be showing our figures there because I think it's important that people that are either clients or veterans, they actually see how that looks. So. Explain the event. Explain the event. So the event is a, is a, is a night, an evening of Y2X. So um, it's a commercial networking <laughs> event. So we're inviting veterans and organisations to come along. Um, on board HMS Belfast, free food, free drink, a um, couple of keynote speakers, uh, one for GDPR compliance, got Phil Campion. He's coming on, Phil's coming on. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so i uh, so got Phil coming on is, to talk about transition. He's done some great bits recently and talking from a kind of high level and the, the transition, not so much for the veteran, but also um, going into organisations, what organisations can can achieve from hiring a veteran so uh, we'll be doing a talk on that and then we also have a, a talk on cyber security and why veterans moving into cyber security and what's happening within the world um, why cyber security is becoming such a key point and so talking about as a, as a mar- as an industry that veterans could go into yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and it's, it's a key element of what we deliver so we, we we're building out as i said we're building out this this cyber security academy so it touches on that Oh, so the academy is a cyber security academy. Yeah, I didn't realise. I thought it was. I thought it was an academy for your training courses. Yeah, so so, not, so, 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 so there be, be, be different elements. So there's going to be cyber. There's going to be compliance. There's going to be GDPR. So we're actually building this out, and you know, uh, one of the elements is, is cyber GDPR, yeah. project management, business analyst, QA, quality assurance, etc. Yeah. So as we grow, we're going to be able to start offering more and more products, and, and then we offer them to our customers. Um, so yeah, so it's just going to be a night for people to shoot the shit have a few drinks and, and listen to some people gob off and that's pretty much it what day is the 26th 26th of Thursday Thursday and never do a Friday in London because everyone wants to go home on a Friday and so if you do a Thursday no one really works on a Friday so they get all have a drink on a Thursday night so <laughs> smart so you can't everything and then everything <laughs> I Fridays I love, I love Fridays in London you go about 2pm and all every all the office staff are outside the pub for the pile of how did you end up in London then where are you from uh, originally from Bristol. I uh, thought it was the accent. Yeah, yeah, so originally from Bristol, and um, when I left, I joined the army at 16, so I went out to AFC. Um, and never Harrogate. Really been, yeah, Harrogate. Yeah. yeah, so I never really went back and, um, you know, I've flitted around the country, been, lived in multiple different countries and, and done a lot of travelling. And look, London's where the money is. You know, if I tried doing this in somewhere like Bristol, it, trying to get it off the floor, just mm. been... Mm-hmm. And because I've got a lot of my network, you know, my my professional network I was able to get some clients quite quickly which was everything generate revenue for the business which has allowed us to grow so um, London we want to expand um, but we just want to bed in first and, and you know it's a good base, especially the old boy network down there. Do you go to the Pegasus networking lunch do you? No. Do you, are you aware? No. I, yeah I am and, and, and again it, and not to, to, to say but we're trying there's loads of networking events for military. Uh, well, what I'm trying to get into is the the where there isn't military because yeah. they're the people yeah, that, yeah. that need to know about. You know, we can all go and sit in a pub and be all veterans. And it's not achieving anything, you know. We can all we can all go yeah. and 
grab a sandbag and you know, pull up a sandbag and, uh, and have a good old chinwag. But actually, I'm trying to hit the people that don't know about veterans and those people, that are, the, the, the networking events that, that are key to us is the ones that, that don't have veterans go to it because they feel like they're not in t- allowed to go or, you know, there, there's that whole prestige around it. Well, I'm actually trying to kick the door down and say, let, let the boys come in, you know, and, and I think yeah. that's, and that's what we're trying to do and actually take a lot of the stigma around veterans, you know. What about um, you could I tell you a good maybe a good good thing to look at in terms of feedback. I you may already do it. Um, so if you went in, to these events or you did a talk or whatever, and to be able to give a like, I mean, you must do it, actually. I'm talking rubbish. Case studies, you know, like such and such company didn't even know about it, and they had they had flipping job logs rock up, and this is what they had to say about it. And they didn't intentionally hire them. <laughs> but the guy, the guy was ex Navy, ex RAF, or the the lady was ex Army, or whatever. Yeah. And this is what, you know, companies that stumble across it, the benefit. I think, um, I think, I think look, the benefit's easy to, 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 you can sit there all day and you, you, it doesn't take long to, to actually see this, some of the press that's out there about the benefits of hiring veterans, etc. So I, I don't think I need to, to bang that drum anymore. It's actually pushing them over, I want to push them over the edge of that and just mm. say, look, Let's, let's do it because there's that apprehension of how do we make it work so we speak with a lot of um, SMBs so small medium businesses that don't actually understand how they approach the whole recruiting of veterans and they think it's totally different from hiring a, a civvy how, how, how should they approach it I, 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 think, I think one is growing your, your network and I think um, if you specifically if an organisation wants to hire a veteran the one thing I would do is look at someone like the CTP or organisations that are already hiring veterans like Y2X um, you've got there's multiple other organisations that do it um, and actually say okay well we're looking to hire we need some apprentices or trainees that are going to come in for example let's say audio visual audio visual visual engineers for example they can actually go and hire and that's what I would say to, to organisations actually go to someone like the CTP Armed Forces Covenant because they'll help you they'll actually walk, walk you through it all um, and that's how you would approach it Veteran owns another one isn't it I've, recent, I've recently heard about you know this? it's more of a network of businesses owned by veterans isn't it yes but uh, there's, no, there's no there's no recruitment company that deals exclusively almost exclusively with veterans though, is there I suppose it's difficult. There, there is, so there's, 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 there is there one, is. And, and and again, it's there's lots popping up. Oh, I'm thinking of one now, with um, Hedwin, Hedwin. His name's Hedwin. Uh, oh God, it might be called Arm Flipping Forces Recruitment, actually. <laughs> and now, uh, so you got X Forces, you got X Mill, X Mill Recruitment, X Mill Recruitment, and then you've got MLHK, R M R Military. With settlement headquarters and HQ, yeah. um, so so. But again, these these are solely middlemen from yeah. from yeah. and 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 the problem that you have with that, they don't really care about the, the transition or you know, they, they obviously want the customer to have the right person and they want the guy to get the gun etc. Because that's how they earn their fee. Um, well, they probably do care about the transition, but it's not where they what they affect. But, they're in the middle. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's they just they don't they can't have an impact on it, and they've yeah. got they have, and their businesses at the end of the day. Yeah, you know what I mean. With and that's probably that recruitment is their that is their exclu- that's how they make the turnover, the exclusive way they make the turnover. You know, I mean, um, I've dealt with ex mill recruitment in a while, um, I don't know, in the past, but no, no one else really. No yeah. one else really. Uh, but again, I think there's a lot there's a lot of press around hiring veterans, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I think 
companies have caught on to that, you know, and I think rightly or wrongly, and I think you know, there's some, there's lots and lots of companies out there that are doing it for the right reasons, and they they've got a passion for doing it. Um, I think there is also some companies out there that are doing it because they know it's a quick sell and an easy sell. Um, but then, if that if that still benefits veterans, then <laughs> but does <laughs> it? So, 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 the, 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 so, and, and I would agree with you. But my concern is, is let's say Joe Bloggs gets out of the military, just get out of the military, and you've got Company A that is pretty scrupulous, and they're saying, hey, come work for us, because we're going to... And all of a sudden, the, Joe Bloggs is going, oh, I've got a job at 25k, but he's been on 18k because he's a Tom or whatever, he's been on five years, very much on myself, oh, 25k, 70k. Then all of a sudden, he realises that, hey, he's got to pay for his own accommodation, he's got to oh, pay yeah. travelling to work. Yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden, he's also using 10 grand, because... They paid for his courses. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're charging them out at four hundred quid a day. Mm. That's scrupulous. Yeah. But they've yeah. but they've trained him. Well, actually, a detriment to him. So, yeah. so with yourselves, I'm correct, me if I'm wrong, correct me if I got this completely wrong. I hope I'm not butchering this. Yeah. You you provi- you can provide training and courses and that, right? You don't tie that. Look, you have to pay us back over a certain amount of time. But obviously, you're, you that's costing you, right? So you have to reclaim that. You have to get that money back in some way. But the way you're doing it is based on a better quality of worker, yeah? Yep. A worker, consultant, whatever. And that retention, you're going to have them for longer. So it's an a indirect, 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 indirect recuperation of the cost over long term. You look at, you look at, but this is, and so, so I, I have this conversation. That, that's correct, though, yeah? But that is correct. Okay. So, so you're, but you always look at the cost of a course. You know, you go now Prince Two now. You can get it for six hundred ninety-five quid for the the, the practitioner. You, the five-day course, it's cheap. Courses because they're down a dozen now. You know what? A lot. We don't just talk about putting people on courses. What we talk about is a career progression and yeah. career development. You know, we're not expecting you to come in day one and be superman and be able to run multi-million pound project. What we're looking to do is come in and actually have the drive to say, this is what I want to do and this is the company I want to do it for, because we're going to support them. We're going to help their career development, but we're also going to slowly but surely get them built up to be able to go and run multi-million pound projects. Because then all of a sudden, instead of charging them out at 400 quid a day, I'm charging them out at 1,500 quid a day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what it, so that's, it is, as much as it's an outlay and there's a risk, but that's a risk that as a, the CEO and the owner of Y2X, I'm willing to take. That's what, that's what, that's what I was thinking you know, when, I, when, I, when, we, when I realised what the way you're getting it back is, Mate, it's not risk; it's faith. I mean, you put a lot, and I, I, I admire that you put you put in a hell of a lot of faith because that's money in the day, and without money, the business fails, right? Yeah. And 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 you, you know, this like saying, hey, you've got to claim it back somehow. If you're not saying you're going to charge back, you're putting a hell of a lot of faith and 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 risk, and all that faith, all the faith is going on the quality of the people you're recruiting. Yeah. And if the majority, the majority not exclusively veterans, but the majority of them are veterans, then. Right, you can't, you know, you can't say fair enough. It's a, it's a huge thing, right? <laughs> no. um, and but I, I bet that the way you run the company, you wait, and and the way that you and the way that your managers and your staff run the company is that that pressure, that risk on you, is not passed down to the, you know, to to the, to, to the recruiting. Yeah, I, I think you know, it goes back to the transparency. You know, we're mm. straight up. You know? <laughs> I say to them, look, guys, we are putting faith in you. And it's not about saying this one individual. Uh, we've got an, an, a new starter start, and he's currently still in the, the military. He's on his final exercise, and he's actually on exercise now, poor son. <laughs> but he starts with us in, in end of August, September. And, and there's no pressure there. But, and I'm like, 
while you've got some downtime and you know you're doing your final couple of weeks why don't you ever read these articles why don't you read this you know and it's about prepping them because they know they're coming in and they're like but I said to him look when you start we're going to get you on this BA course oh awesome because all of a sudden he feels appreciated he feels like I've got I'm somewhere yeah. where I'm going to be it's huge pressure off the mind as well huge not many people know what they're doing when they get out I was lucky enough to about a month before I left <sighs> Uncle John said got, got, you got to start in fact you know I'm talking rubbish he said the month I started I didn't get a start date until <laughs> the day before and the start date was before I left the army <laughs> I flew out and then, and then left the army right but hardly any people hardly any people um, know what they're doing when they get out so even just to have that even if they don't want to go and do it they're thinking they've got a job the pressure's off the pressure in fact this is, this is another point actually they don't often think that the, the mistake the, and I'm thinking back to my own thing the, the mistake people often can often make guys when they're in and girls when they're in because they don't understand Sydney Street is they some a lot of the time think that what they step into and they leave that is them yep. there's no you know they're probably going to stay in project management yeah. all their life quality assurance all their life IT support all their life no no no, no, no. <laughs> look if they this is like my advice is if you get offered something whatever it is and, and for lack of other options take something anything anything you got bread going on the tip alright maybe it's not let's say you're a platoon sergeant or let's say you're a lantern no let's say you're a Tom right and you're earning what 17, 18k a year yeah and you're getting out and the money you're going on to is that much it's the same but you think <laughs> I want more so take the job take the job because it leaves the pressure you get out you've bought yourself time okay it could be working in flipping the pasty shop Greg's you're earning the same money right doing that get out do that job you've got money on the table the pressure's off to have a, of trying to find a job but you've got time to find what you want yeah, without having to be the time pressure of getting out you to get out date I think uh, there's, there's an old saying that's, uh, it's easier to find a new role when you're in a role mm-hmm. and, it, and it is but the, the one the one caveat I would say on that is don't shoot so low that you you just dishearten yourself because what you'll find is people go well actually I've been trying to be a site security manager in London for Barclays Bank for for the six months you don't say so I haven't got that because they get so they get their heart so set on a specific company with a specific role with a specific title yeah. that they think that's them and they think if I don't have site security manager it's not worth my while but actually you'll find that a risk manager with inside a, a compliance officer mm-hmm. inside that does site security because it's part of compliance and it's a different title probably gets paid more money and there's multiple roles out there that mm. is the key is is actually that don't aim so low that you just dishearten yourself but don't stick yourself to one specific title or you know that whole area people say well I'm, I'm getting out I've lived in Dover for the last 10 years and I want to stay in Dover well look we all know there aren't many jobs in Dover mm-hmm. you know and, and that, you've got to set those expectations to yourself so if you want to go and earn a 30 41 salary don't be expecting to win that and do it. So mm-hmm. setting expectations for yourself but also being able to to aim high. You know, look, aim high, you know, anything above it is great but, mm-hmm. you know, it's not so bad hitting a bit lower. Yeah, aim high is definitely a good bit of advice. Um, when, uh, one of the jobs I, in fact, when I came back from the pit actually, I came back and I had about, I, th- I think I had about two months worth of crap with money. I still have crap with money. I had about two months worth of um, two months of money to try and get a job. And I applied for hundreds and hundreds of companies. Um, and I was applying for 
I did my knee bosh while I was out in the pit. I came back and spent a couple of weeks doing a few courses. Um, and then I came back and started playing for jobs. I was applying for there as well. I played for hundreds. I got two... I got... I didn't get any... I didn't get any positive replies. <clears throat> and I was... It was health and safety and security I was looking at. And... Um, I'm a part-time. Said... Uh, basically all the jobs. You need... You, you, need, you have to have experience to get a job. But to, but to get... Yeah, you, you have to have a job to get experience. To get a job, you have to have the experience. <laughs> it's like you can't do one without the other. So I twisted some words. Well, I say I didn't twist some words. I didn't like. But like the site security manager stuff I was doing in Iraq, which was predominantly security management. But this elements of health and safety there, like wear your hard hat, you know. Don't go and drink the chemical. Don't go to drink the green stuff. Yeah, don't don't yeah. don't lie lie next to the petrol tank, right? So it's health safety stuff. So and you have to brief that down to the Iraqi teams. So all my, oh, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, you might as well so, be a teacher. Know, yeah, you might no, as well go no, work in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I would on my on my CV, I had site security manager, a site security health and safety manager. Yeah, but in but I did those things. I I changed the title slightly, what I did, but I wasn't lying about anything I did. So I had a little bit of experience, and what she ended up saying the partner then was um, she said uh, there's a job came and it's like, it, was, it was really good it's like a, a working from home job and it was 50k a year I'm like oh my god that is on board that's the ballpark I was looking for working at home 50k and I got a car allowance <laughs> car allowance I'm working from home it was mental honestly private um, private health okay. it was a pension I think this is brilliant and I looked down the qualifications and I didn't have the qualifications it wanted a NEBOS diploma I only had a NEBOS certificate which was like a two week course um, it wanted uh, a gra- uh, graduate uh, IOSH membership I didn't have that I had technical IOSH membership like two levels below and it wanted Five years of health and safety manager experience. It was a corporate health and safety manager role. No. I didn't have that. And I, but everything I've been playing for was rigidly in line with what I had, don't I think? And she said, no, just flip in, just have more confidence in yourself. Apply for it. Because on paper is one thing, right? I and mean, this is what I realised since is from the majority of ex military, right? Male, female, army, navy, RAF, flipping, um, even, you could even say TA, or what do you call them? Reserve, the reserves now, reservists now, right? You stand out in certain ways, in in from a, certainly from a confidence perspective on the other side. So if you can get in front of the recruiter, I this is what I think previously. I went and got that job. It was the only reply I had. I went down. I was like, no, I got an interview. I ended up on the phone. To rec- I phoned up, and this is like a thing I would do anyway. I would send a CV off, and then we'd try and get all of the recruiter on the phone. I got all by email. I did it by phone because that personal. Find it out, and this is by sneaky peeky online looking. Who's the recruiters for? Let's say I apply for Barclays. Who's the, who's the recruitment for Barclays? Who uses them? Who, what's to, what section it's for? Even for the team, I think the team would go, Hello, I've just applied for a job. Who, who do I need to speak to? But oh, I'll speak to these person. If you get onto the phone with the person who's got your CV in front of you, right? And they've got someone else's CV, a hypothetical, and they're exactly the same CV, right? <laughs> exactly the same. They've spoken to this person on the phone, and he or she sounded nice. You've got the personal connection. I tell you what they're doing. They're putting that one down. Yeah. They got a clue what they like. They got a clue what they like, and they yep. got that one. So I do that. I did. So I end up on the phone with this recruiter. There, we can follow that. I sent the CV and was it. She was really nice. She, had, she was on the ball. I had a laugh and a joke on the phone. You know, mildly flirtatious. You know, and I got away with it, right? And then, um, and then she said, um, oh, "You know, I'll get back to you at the next stages." Oh, oh my god. That. 
Okay. That's the recruiter. She's this like, what are you talking about, mate? Yeah. You flirt and you never keep never yeah, the qualifications. Back. It's the second time, man. Yeah, and then the flipping second episode is phone off. I can't, I can't. Brilliant. We want a discount. Um, yeah, so so I phoned her and it's fine, and then like I, I phoned her and every week, so what's the score? Not bad, you know. But I had that rapport then. And um I hope you can hear him and talk yeah. <laughs> You done? Sorry. Can we continue? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh long story short, right, I got got the interview. Oh, Jesus Christ, got the interview. Rocked up and um it was a vocational interview, right? I I finished an e bosh a year before I had not touched it. <laughs> I hadn't touched it. Right? I got I was in. I went pulled up early. Obviously, always early. Put early. Got the car back. Got the book out. And the Bosch book is about six. In, nah, about four inches thick. It is. You got to be a pamphlet, mate. And all this stuff. Really <laughs> I hadn't done any of it. Right? I hadn't done any of it. And uh, I was like, I'm looking through. I was like, I'll just get, I'll just get it all in my head. Get on like fucking a thousand pages. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I thought I'll just go in there, balls out, super confident. I'll just cuff it. That was it. I like, That's it. I said to myself in the car, "That's all I've got now. If it's vocational, it means they're going to be asking me questions about health and safety. I've got a clue. Just try and cuff it. If you don't know it, cuff it. Confidence that'll get you through it." Yep. I went and sat down, right, and I was, <laughs> I was overconfident, right. I went in. I went in with a notepad and pen, and I thought, and I said, "Hi, oh, nice to meet you." It was two ladies. Hi, oh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And it was the uh, who would become my boss, and it was her boss, and one of the directors. And uh, I went in a notepad, and my intention should have been to place it on the table, sit down. I was full of adrenaline, right? I chucked my, I chucked my notebook, mate. My notebook went flying across the table. Boom! Oh, sorry, uh, sorry. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm like, what was that? You never said, thought, what is this guy? I got away with it, I sat down, so I just passed it off. Sat down, went interview, started talking. It wasn't really vacation. They were asking me situational stuff, and just by chance, situations they were asking me about was stuff like, um, what, you know, it was quite, it was quite, again, I could relate it back to sort of military side of things, sort of. <laughs> sort of. One of them was, um, one of the questions was, if, you know, if you had a problem with someone compl- uh, repeatedly flouting the rules that you set them to do, how would you put the situation? You know, the answer is not bang them out. <laughs> you know, and then I, yeah. I gave the ex- explanation. And my, 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 ex- I knew the, the reason because I'd done civvy jobs in between my work in Iraq. And so I, I sort of knew, well, well, I'm going to have to have, have a word with him first and then have another word with him. And then, I, and then I'll speak to him. You know, and is that sort of knew? Yeah. Super confident. Like, I ended at one point in there on the chair across the desk, and I remember what I said. I, think, I was like this, I was slouched in. They were laughing, mate. They were, I don't know what I'd said. They were roaring laughing. I thought, ah, oh, this is going well. And I slouched <laughs> down, and I was like this on the chair, and I'm like, ah, oh, the other chair. I got back up, back in the interview mode. But the confidence got me through it. And the confidence is one of the things that, regardless of your qualification experience, we, we, we being ex military, generally have a lot more of naturally, yeah. not put on. Not put on. I wasn't putting that confidence on. Maybe throwing the flipping notebook across the table was a bit of an accident. But I, Mike in there sitting there being confident, I wasn't putting it on. We naturally have a lot more of it than civvies do, in general. Yep. Civvies are amazing. We're just different breeds, right? Yep. At, from, from like, you know, in adulthood, we are. We have just different experiences. And one of the things that we get out of that, as an expert, is we generally <laughs> have a lot more confidence. Yep. Which tells you through. So, like, going back to uh, that flipping tangent of a story, absolutely. Set your sights higher. Absolutely, set your sights higher. Go off it because, because a lot of the time as well, 
on your CV, and especially, this is another thing that got me into that interview, they actually said it in there, is that because on my CV I had things to do with the Middle East, in security management and, and, and whatever, I had, I had, yeah, I had, I'd sort of the qualification experience, but less than what they needed, but in line with it. Uh, sorry, less than what they needed, but I had it nonetheless, right? The Iraq and the Middle East and the ex-military thing interested them. Yes. And one of the reasons it got me in is, he's interesting. Let's flip and get him in. Well, I wouldn't mind meeting this guy. Absolutely. And they said it to me in there, you know, because he had on there military experience. Not, I had a paragraph of military experience. I learned in the end to put it down, yeah. you know, ex-parachute measurement. In fact, I didn't even have that in the end because I didn't want the stigma against it. Yeah. I had uh, ex-British Army and got the rank off. That was it. Got me in. Confidence got me through the interview. Interest in my CV and having sort of the qualification, but under got got me the interview. Go, go higher. I'll stop. I'll stop ranting now. Go on, you're the guest. Yeah, so, so, so <laughs> and I just want to pick up a couple of points that you, that you actually brought there. Here is is so when you see these job offers or, or these job descriptions on all these websites, and you look at them and they say, "Well, we want a, a diploma, we want a you know a degree, etc." What you need to remember is that these guys that are creating these adverts for someone in a different team, they're being told, well, I need a project manager that can come in and run this project for six months. That's all the, the scope that they get. So these these recruiters, whether it be a recruitment company or the internal mm-hmm. recruiter, don't have to go and build out this job advertisement. So what they do is they just start, so what does a PM do? Absolutely. And all of a sudden they start cop- copy and pasting yeah. all these qualifications. But the guy, the 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 the, the manager, the, the 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 hiring manager doesn't want all these qualifications. He just wants a PM that can go and do this job. So don't ever be disheartened to apply for a role on on a job board or a website that states multiple qualifications that you don't have, because that's nine times out of ten they don't want that anyway. They want someone close to it. They're, one of the things I might say is five years experience. But if you've got three and a half years experience, don't work because you haven't got five years. They'll still consider mm. you. Mm. And another point that you made here, I think is really key, that personal connection. So from doing a little bit of work by going on a job board and submitting your CV and going, okay, well, this woman's name is Jane Doe. She works at ABC Recruitment. Go and find ABC Recruitment. Hi, Jane Doe. I just dropped my CV to you. If you've got any... And actually create that personal connection because that's key because all of a sudden you've stood out from... She might have had 100 applications. So her inbox is boom, boom, boom. And they use something called an ATS, applicant tracking system. Most big organisations have them. So they just get inundated with CVs for specific roles. Now, if you can stand out and get that one on, that person on the phone and go, hey, I've just said, oh yeah, what's your name? They'll go into their ATS system. If you care. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, so so you're an Afghan. Then all of a sudden you've got that personal connection. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you are in that person's head, and they go, mm-hmm. "Relax, they're looking for someone with five years." You've really got. F- we'll set you an interview. Then all of a sudden, you, I hear all the time. I've sent 150 CVs out, and I've not heard a reply. But you're also the 150 person that's emailed for that same mm-hmm. role. Make yourself stand out. And, and, and again, back to networking. And one of the key elements is networking because one day you'll see a job that's on, let's say, ABC company, but you've met someone from ABC four weeks ago at a networker. Hey, John, you know, mm-hmm. I've just seen this role advertised. Is there any way you could uh, introduce me to the hiring manager? Yeah, no worries, mate. Well, it's like mm-hmm. you've, you've skipped the internal recruit, you've mm-hmm. skipped the recruitment going, you've gone direct to the hiring manager. You can even do that out in, I was doing it, I've just remember, I was doing it on the circuit, yeah. I was doing it out there, I was, and I was doing it with Skype. I was doing it with Skype, and if, 
when I was looking for work, and I, I put in in a search search for new contact, search for a contact, and not a contact, search for um, search your friends, whatever it is. You type in Aegis. Every single flipping position in Aegis comes up, and it'll say HR Aegis Afghan. HR. Guess what, friend? Friend. <laughs> Adam is a friend. Adam is a, sorry. Adam is a, well, Adam is a connection request. They accept. You go. You know. I think you make an introduction. But with going back to the LinkedIn one, I, like a tip for maybe you guys know about it. The way I was getting a lot of the time, the way I get the email address, so I make the connection. For the email address, I go on LinkedIn and look, and I will look on LinkedIn for yeah. rec- a recruiter for Barclays, as an example, or whoever it is, right? And if I found that, right, that name, that person, you ain't going to get their email address. But what I would do then is, let's say, let's say it is Barclays, as an example, right? You go on, look for the recruiter, you've got the recruiter's name, and let's say it's Jenny, Jenny Smith, yeah? Jenny Smith. I would then, in Google, put in at Barclays.com, right? Because that is part of the email address. <laughs> I'd look what, so it would come up with not Jenny's email address, but like different email addresses of people. In an article where someone's done an article for a local newspaper and they work for Barclays, and his name's John Frederick. But it'll give away the naming system of the emails. And you'll see it. It'll be john.f at barclays.com. Or it'll be John Frederick, maybe the full one. Or it could be j.frederick at barclays.com. And guess what I'm doing there? J.smith for Jenny Smith. J.smith at Email. If it bounces back, I'll try something else. Jenny.s or Jenny, you know, that's how I was getting the email. But before that, I would ring. Can yeah. I put the Jenny Smith, please? What was it about? Uh, it's a recruitment inquiry. Uh, not a job inquiry. Recruitment inquiry. Because then you think you're the other end of the scale. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'd make some effort to get on the phone with her. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then, but yeah, that's how. So the email, the email, the email and format. It, and it does. And that's yeah. how we've generated business. You know, and as, as you know, be it, I started off as just me, you know, back in September with me and, and, and I was trying to generate business and, and that's exactly what I did is, you know, look at it from that scale as I was actually just touting for business and I was literally finding companies that I wanted to do business with and finding the right people and going mm. there and going, hey, can I help you? And, and getting exactly the same. Mm. Find out the naming convention of the email system, just send them an email, mm. give them a call. Mm. And, and again, it, when, when you look at this is the thing now, I wouldn't say go and do that for every single role that you want but if there's a specific role that you think I really want that it's in your local town mm. make that extra effort don't be one of the people yeah. that just sits there upload CVs send you're just the same as everyone else they you, get thousands of CVs they get yeah. thousands of CVs yeah. every single job gets thousands of CVs this day yeah. these days you've got to you've got to separate yourself and, and that like you're saying there doing those little things the um the, the the increase in your odds of getting in front of the interviewer go through the roof. All of a sudden, you're not one of them one point one percent. You're one of maybe five people who that he or she recruiter has spoken to. You may be the only person who's spoken to them in person. It's okay. really disheartening too when you send out your, email, oh, your CVs and you don't hear and you're waiting and you think, no, I'll definitely get a reply from that one. I definitely will. My CV was spot on. I did a nice cover letter to go with it. I'll definitely get a reply from that one. Out of all of them, that one will reply. Yeah. And you wait a week, and the second week, and nothing. If you don't hear it within two days, you, yeah. you, you, because again, these roles, the, the, they're wonderful, these roles. And so so I say to people, look, if you're not hearing it in two days, give them a call. Mm. Hey, just before you did get my CV, who are you? Puker. Yeah. Oh, let yeah. me just check the, 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 let me just check. Yeah. And they'll check on their system. And oh, oh, yeah, it's in the trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're the one that bluffed those quals, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, mate, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but... But but that's exactly it. So so yeah. I would say to anyone, look, if you've sent your CV, give it a couple of days. If you've not anything, but it's a role you want and you really want that, give them a call. 
There's no oh, harm in it. What are they going to say? Yeah. No side of always been filled. Look, yeah, on to the next one. Then you, then you can, then you can move on to the next yeah. one instead of sitting about for two Wait, weeks. Yeah, that's the we one. hopes up waiting. And the one with uh, with people who you're applying for in your area is go and knock on the flipping door. Go and knock on the door. Yeah, like London, uh, you, you people who can draw from London, you apply for hundreds around around there. The companies are often on. You know, well, the dress is always on. Go and knock on the door. Walk in there. I'm going to give you CV in. I, uh, I, I think I, I did it a few times, but most of the jobs are playing for London. I'd hardly ever down there. But I remember thinking I need to go and do. It. My plan was to go and spend a day doing it. I did. I think yeah. I did two be or different, do you know. Yeah, and and I, that's key. I mean, whether it be knock on the door, whether it be call up, be different. Look, the fact is, it's very easy to sit on the internet on the behind the back of a laptop and go upload CV, apply, 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 because that's what people do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a numbers game to a lot of people. They'll go and do a thousand applications in one day. Mm-hmm. Because you start looking at doing percentages, even if it is at point one percent, that's actually yeah. quite a high number, you know. Um, so, so I would just say to anyone that is either looking for a new world or is wanting to start a new career, and you don't know what to do when you've, you're applying for for, for 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 roles and jobs, be different. Mm. Whether that be who sends their CV CV in the post now? Why not send it in the, in the post with a chocolate bar or, or something quirky? Do you know, that's a good point, mate. That's a good point, actually. Be, be quirky be because point. the fact is, yeah. people's everyone's looking for something that's, that's a bit. You got to put yourself in the memory. That's it. It's a memory and, and, and that's what I would say to people. Look, if I received a CV in the post, I'd be like, I want to meet this guy. This guy's gone above and beyond. Yeah, you can't. You can't, Charlene. You can't not invite him in. He sent his <laughs> chocolate, Charlene. Melted chocolate yeah. bar. But, but you would see. And, 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 <laughs> but you see people. You, know, you look at people that go and work in Google and please, uh, that's what that, that's mm. what they do now. Yeah. You know, if they're going to look for a new, you know, six seven figure salary, they're going to need to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. It's funny you should say that. Recently, You're going to talk I can't, shit now. Is no, it no, no, I can see it in his face. I can see it in his face. I can see it in his face. I had to come through the post the other day. I bought it off eBay. Something off eBay, and they replied back with like a thank you, and I had three little sweets. In in the uh, envelope. Oh, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. did, 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 did you eat them? I did eat them. They were a bit cheap. They were a bit cheap and nasty. They were boil things. You bought something off there. I bought something and they sent. They sent imagine me. Because I might have done to those sweets. Yeah. They sent me my <laughs> three little apples. Did you buy a bag of sweets, Joe? No. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. Just a thank you. Uh, please use this again, kind of thing. What did, what did you buy? I can't remember. I'd have to look. You can't remember. What did you buy? I can't remember. All I can remember is three sweets. Just him saying the chocolate bar triggered the memory, and that's it. He bought three sweets. He bought four sweets, he mugged them off. Thank you, though. What's next for Y2K? Y2X. Oh, yeah. my God. I've been doing this all week. Yeah, Y2K, that's why. Yeah, that's, so, so, that's so, so, yeah, so, as, oh. as uh, people... people yeah. Are you change the name again? <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> I, I, I like I like Y2X for me. It's, it's only for us, millennials. So, what's next for us? Um... Do you know we're we're still very young? Um, I think for for us is to do some organic growth. Um, maybe look for some investment. But my concern with doing that is that we lose our mantra of you know our our whole ethos as an organisation. Um, so it's build the business, keep building the business, and, and helping more veterans. Um, as I said, we don't just employ veterans. We help. You know, uh, I again um, help multiple veterans over the last seven eight months. Um, get roles whether mm. it be with our organisation or other organisations and just keep doing what we're doing and, and, and try and grow um, and that's all we can do it's amazing man yeah, it's, it's amazing how, how can people look at all here what, it's Y2X yeah so www.y2x.uk uh, y2x.uk.uk yeah. yeah. so um, or info at y2x.uk 
Um, so they can drop me social media uh, yeah we're on LinkedIn we're on Facebook uh, again we're not I'm on um, Twitter but we would rather LinkedIn because this is professional you know, yeah. people say oh get an Instagram get a Facebook but for us we are a professional organisation and, and you know, even though we're very close knit um, we, we like to, to, to stay to the professional element so LinkedIn is, is, is the best one to, to look um, and again just look at Y2X we're on LinkedIn we've got a group page um, and we've got if you want to speak to any of the team members any of the veterans you'll see a lot of their posts with those guys in it that we've helped or that have started working for us so feel free to reach out to them and, and they'll give you their advice as well so these are guys that have actually done the transition recently or are still transitioning is that stuff on your website as well? yep there you go amazing Y2X.uk yep Anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up? No, thank you. Thank you for inviting me down, guys. Good afternoon, please. I can't believe I know you. I can't believe I know you. are doing amazing, mate. You're doing amazing. Um, we're coming out in London soon for yeah, a, so do the show. We'll come and tie in. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd be great. And anything we can do for you, let us know. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Jesus Christ. Come on, come on. See you later, live feed. Bye. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, Patreon supporters, Wednesday we're doing a show, it'll go on live on YouTube. You will you will find out, our Patreon supporters, patreon.com, HR, you will find out who's won the bit of kit that cool box have donated, 60-odd quiz worth. If you don't like it, give it to someone at Christmas or beforehand. What's the next holiday coming up? July, I don't know. Give it, I don't know, let's make it a summer festival. Do it then. you like it anyway. 60-odd quiz worth. Just make yourself like it. You get it free we'll announce the winner on Wednesday yes we will Mr Skip will announce the winner on Wednesday Leavers Link 17th of July in Colchester 24th of July in Norwich leverslink.co.uk and lastly another shout out to our sponsor Argus Europe I'm not going to speak the whole thing I spoke at the start I'm just going to tell you these guys are absolutely fantastic I trained with them back in 2012 that was my first training course for them I've trained with them again since got many many colleagues trained with them um, post-course support is absolutely amazing the The people who run that company and the, the people they employ good good people even if you're not looking for a job maybe you've got your own security company maybe, maybe you're thinking about starting one up you need a bit of advice get on to them they're the kind of people who help you out they don't see you as competition they see you as another veteran or, or another business in the same industry they can help out they see it as that it'll be returned to them in karma superb people argus europe uh if you're a military you can find them on the alcaz uh database under argus europe funny enough that is it until next time out <laughs>